Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. All right, so here we have Gretchen, a uh, new girl in school, and uh, very inappropriately is asked to sit next to the boy she thinks is cutest, which that's just, um, it wouldn't fly. No. <laughs> Ever. Um... But she ultimately, like, doesn't even make the choice. You know, uh, teacher gets fed up and is just like, hey, you, move. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it'd be kind of, that would work better if there was empty seats next to each guy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's kind of hard when there's only really one empty seat. The blocking was not well thought out. You are correct. Like, uh, but the point remains, she wanted them together. And that's important, you know. Like I said earlier, we will discuss that. So um, they make eyes at each other, man. It's a meet cue. Like they, you know, there's clearly an attraction there. Um, we cut then to Donnie and, and Dad driving, uh, you know, down the road, and you know, the, the father in this movie is really, really trying to be a good dad and trying to relate to his son. Like he's not a an unlikable character. Oh, he definitely wins me over later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I think I know the scene you're talking about. Too. Oh, you know what scene I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what scene I'm talking. Yeah. Um <clears throat> you know, they're they have a cool dynamic this father and son. Whereas, you know, Donnie's still not understood and and the father you can tell really doesn't understand him well, but he's he's just trying to relate on some level, and I think Donnie appreciates it. Um, and you get all of that out of this this dialogue, which is cool. But that's cut short very quickly um, because he almost kills an old woman. <laughs> now I was at New Smyrna Beach today, and when we were leaving, there was an old woman checking her mail very slowly. <laughs> And I wanted so badly to stop the car and take a picture and send it to you guys because it Ram was just death. yeah, it was such like serendipity, man. Like it was it was amazing. Um, yeah, <laughs> between so, that and the book I'm reading, <laughs> I know, I know, that's the magnet. You know what I mean? But uh, they almost hit Grandma Death, as she's called and nicknamed in this uh, town. And it's this old woman with, like, this shock of white hair. and I mean, she and, just looks crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very disheveled. Well, she's and, married to Dr. Satan from House of a Thousand Clones. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Dr. Satan, Grandma Death. <laughs> and she checks her mailbox multiple times a day, every day, obsessively. 
That's all she does. Um, her real name in the film, uh, her character is Roberta Sparrow. But the kids call her Grandma Death because that sounds way cooler. It really does. Yeah, like that's the sounds house. Sounds like you a character from Metalocalypse. Oh, yes. Every town, every town has a Grandma Death. Come on. Yeah, that's I like the Halloween house that you don't go exactly, to. Exactly. You know? Yep. Exactly. Um, so that's our that's our introduction to this. What will become a very important character. Uh, we cut back to the school, and if we don't get, again, Doug, quotable movies in my house, Donnie Darko is king, this next clip from the uh, the promo video for, <laughs> it just, it kills me every time. <laughs> Wait a second, did we skip one of these? Oh, that's right, I'm sorry, we did skip one of these, because, uh, Donnie these, in... these clips run back to back. I just want to make sure. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. I, I skipped right over that one. Um, so a lot of what what Donnie and the and the dad were talking about was his therapy. You know, like you can tell your therapist anything you want. Um, he tells his therapist something disturbing, and that's actually what the next clip was supposed to be. If you want to hit it, I met a new friend. Real or imaginary? Imaginary. Would you like to talk about this friend? Frank. Frank. What did Frank say? He said to follow him. Follow him? Where? Into the future. And then what happens? And then he said... Then he said that the world is coming to an end. <sighs> Do you think the world is coming to an end? No. That's stupid. Is it though, Donnie? <laughs> well, it depends uh, so... on his actions. <laughs> Donnie's he therapist. The right uh, actions, maybe not. That's true. Yeah, Donnie's therapist um, is played by. I'm looking up her name right now. But if somebody knows, it shut it up. Uh. Yeah. Is that... well, while you're looking it up, for some reason when I'm hearing audio only, he sounds a lot like fucking William Miller from fucking Almost Famous. <laughs> yeah, it's Catherine Ross. Catherine oh, Ross is the actor. Catherine actress. Ross, I mean, okay. She was in The Graduate. She was married to Dustin Hoffman or engaged to Dustin Hoffman in The Graduate, uh, The Stepford Wives. I mean, she's been... She's like... She's probably the biggest actor in this movie as far as name recognition. Back yeah, then, anyway. Back then, you know? yeah. Which Cassidy in the Sundance Kid she was in, so I mean she you know she was a big get for this movie, as far as that goes. Gotcha. Yeah, she's playing uh, Dr. Lillian Thurman, and uh, Thurman Merman. Thurman Merman. <laughs> and she does a fantastic job with this role. Like as someone who's trying to to understand what this kid is going through, and some of the scenes that they have together even though they're uncomfortable and, and some of them are downright weird, um, there's there's very much a connection there as well. I didn't find, like, a bad actor in this movie. No, I Which agree. is, yeah, kind of a rare thing, especially for something that's kind of, like, low-budget and weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd say, like, the one... In, I th It's like a, he's playing the trope the best is the principal, but he he does it so good that, like, I don't hate it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, that, that's a good point. He is doing a very specific thing, but it works, you know. It it, it does work and I'm like I think it's because like if this was now like him playing that character, I'd probably hate it, but because like when at that point in time he wasn't like I don't know, that wasn't so played out. Yeah. Yeah. Then it made it okay. Yeah, I buy that. I think that, you know, because that that's true that archetype um i mean even like now it would feel like a fucking like a a nickelodeon or disney afternoon show like that's <laughs> what that character feels like nowadays like but a, like back then it felt right yeah like that ineffectual principle you know yeah like i'd see that on the thundermans or whatever fucking uh Zach and Cody's wild, sweet life or whatever. <laughs> like, that's what that reminds me of. Like, it reminds me of an overacted, like, Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. But, like, 
it, in this movie it works, but that's the only character I could think at all that's like really forcing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he doesn't chew a lot of scenery, you know, either. Like he just kind of he does what he's there to do. But someone who does chew some scenery is uh, Kitty Farmer. Oh yeah. <laughs> in a in a beautiful way. Um, oh yeah. So Kitty, her curriculum in her in her classroom is now just these Jim Cunningham self help videos. And she's a gym teacher. So. Yeah, <laughs> and like, how is gym? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait a second, because they said gym gym. I'm like, some this doesn't add up. Yeah. And then on top of that, um, I feel like I've seen her in a million things, but when I looked at her IMDb, I don't really recognize any of the shit she was in. Are you kidding me? Really? There's like one or two things, but. Oh God, I, the list is endless. But like a lot of the things are things I haven't watched. I mean, No Country for Old Men. She was, yeah, that's she the one was, I recognize yeah. her from. Carla I recognize her from that because she was the mom. She was on the bus in Speed. That's right. Oh my god. See, yeah, things, she, I don't really remember Speed. Oh, uh, she was the pageant official in Little Miss Sunshine. Oh I man, mean, that's and, right. And playing playing basically the same character she's playing in this yeah movie. i feel like i've seen her like it's that's what she does she i feel like i've she, seen her a million times but i don't really like when i'm looking on lists none of these things are things that i really watch like or watched i may have yeah. seen these things like once in, like one time in passing but none of them are things where i'm like oh of course she's from that like yeah she was a couple in a couple episodes of american god the first season american gods yeah. mm-hmm. um i mean she's just a character she's a character actor and she kind of does that that exactly this character a lot, but she's yeah. just very good at what she does. I, I think I, she I, just I reminds her. me so much of Peggy Hill that that's what. Like, yeah, that that's who she is to me. She's Peggy. No, Hill. no, no. I get it. And she, she, she was Dwight's babysitter in the office. Yeah, <laughs> for a couple. I mean, she's been in part. like she was in Modern Family. She was in Dexter. Yeah, uh, I mean, she's been in like like one episode of basically everything. Right. Um, she wasn't King of the Hill, actually. <laughs> ironically, yeah, she wasn't King of the Hill. She was the nurse. Um, and then a bunch of other characters, but where I mostly recognize her voice from is Rango. <laughs> oh, jeez, I didn't see that one. She was the the other lizard. Oh shit, that's a deep cut, man. I saw that movie once, and I was like, "This is not a." Oh, I've watched Rango like fifty like fifty <laughs> times. It's a great fucking movie. It's one of those animated movies that you're just like, "This is like better than it should be." Yeah, but yeah, I will. I will say for me, like Beth Grant is always kitty farmer like that's that's yeah, top oh, of absolutely. mind yep no, i get it so in this scene she's showing the kids in her class this uh jim cunningham video and uh this is the clip that i was so excited for that i skipped that over skipped the last the, one the, you skipped the important one for I the know. fun one the exposition it's fuck like, that you I wanted just, your dessert before your dinner exactly yes that's exactly because uh. i love i love the delivery so much just just play the clip. I don't need to say anything. For my entire life, I was a victim of my own fear. Love. I was feeding fear with food. Fear. Finally, I looked in the mirror. Not just in the mirror. I looked through the mirror. In that image, I saw my ego reflection. For two years, I thought it was normal for a 10-year-old to wet the bed. We tried everything. But the solution was there all the time. I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything. Like whoever put this together doom, 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 is a madman. The fucking perfect '80s music. The music oh, is absolutely. spot on. The just, I love. I love. You know the interjections in the back. Fear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. And I'm not afraid anymore. Said so aggressively. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that kid is great. He's so good. <laughs> the horse <laughs> neigh, yeah. Uh, it's just yeah. chef's yeah. kiss, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. 
<laughs> Please make that a, a drop from now on. I mean, it's like not loud enough. <laughs> I'll know. I'll know. There you go. There you go. I just literally cranked the volume <clears throat> all the way up on it. Uh. I don't know what I what I can say about that that ha- hasn't already been said by it. It's just the yeah. perfect piece of uh, fake nostalgia. Yes. I wonder if that's the horse from Horsing Around. I don't know that reference. You didn't watch BoJack Horseman? Why, it's an animation. Why would I watch it? Because it's fucking great. <laughs> Eric, did you watch BoJack Horseman? Yeah, it was very sad. Yeah, it really was. It was Aren't you the horse from Horsing Around? <laughs> so BoJack Horseman was on a TV show back in the 80s, like a full house type TV show, and he's a horse. And every time anyone sees him, they go... Aren't you the horse from Horsing Around? <laughs> and he hates it. And it's Will Arnett who plays him, so. Okay. I've made a terrible mistake. I'll be sure not to watch it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's fucking great. Doug, it's like, right. seriously. No, that it's show, right. like, Joe, don't try it, Joe. Don't waste your energy. That it's is the happening. most emotional cartoon I've ever seen. But it's seen. not happening. It's just, yeah. I'm just saying. Just It'll don't. make you feel some shit if you watch no, that. That's all right. I got, listen, I got a laundry list. When, when everything else that I watch to feel shit disappears i'll watch bojack horseman all right especially if you want to feel depressed it really does it nails depressed no i don't i don't need an animated show to make me depressed i need no it's all right let's move on (laughs) all right so so donnie goes to sleep uh back at back at home and he has a dream he has a vision it's like a uh, a weird sort of uh school hallway sort of there's lockers it's there's water it's uh it's a premonition of sorts you could say and uh he's confronted again by frank who instructs him to go to the school with an axe and bust a water main i'm, I'm assuming a water main yes yeah, a yes. water main yep and flood the school why we don't know yet um and while you're at it put that axe in that fucking sorry ass mascot yeah. yeah, that was right a, in the head. That was an extra and unnecessary step. Um, well, it, well, no, actually, it's important. It's explained. It's explained in the description of the living receiver. It so, is. Yeah. I mean, you you get an explanation as to how he did it, but you never really. I mean, that's get a solid it. fucking bronze statue. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they do make a point to say that's solid bronze, and they they go a long way to you know to give you the how but i didn't really ever get the why you know what i mean like why was that part of it important it demonstrates strength right yeah which is one of the superpowers superpowers. (laughs) yeah i mean it's important to the viewer i guess well it's important to the narrative i mean i don't know the spray paint saying they made me do it like it's all you know yeah the spray paint i don't really get that part it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was superfluous, man. It was like you didn't need you didn't need all that. I don't know. Or maybe you did. Maybe, uh, see, I'm not like Doc Brown would say. I'm not thinking about this fourth dimensionally, right? <laughs> Got to think about the philosophy of time travel. That's true because every everything that's done is done with a purpose, and the fact that he spray painted those words led them to investigate the handwriting that was used and that investigation in turn so it's all this butterfly effect stuff yes. everything uh, is manipulated everything is man- okay now i'm st- uh, okay i'm back <laughs> um so we after the vandalism that we get to witness um donnie's just back at, at the bus stop like nothing happened and you know he's he's picking on his sister which is extremely rude um now is this the scene i don't want to get mixed up here i think it is <laughs> i think it's coming up pretty soon at least it's it. it's it's where i'm like yeah that's definitely seth rogan <laughs> okay um that is coming up soon it might not be here yet it's not here it's yeah, not here it's, it's not here this. it's soon yeah. though it's coming yeah. I, you want to talk about your dessert first man Ah, I want that dessert. 
you've had your finger hovering over this, this clip well for that's because it drove me fucking crazy for like the first like 20 minutes i'm like is that seth rogan i'm like no it doesn't that's not like is it and i didn't want to imdb it mostly because my phone was in the charger in the other room <laughs> and i didn't like get enough to go get it but when he talked i knew um it's coming up but in this moment what what we get the news we get delivered to us is that the bus isn't coming and it's not coming because the school's closed because oh, right. the school is flooded. Fuck and yeah. The ja- who's okay, hold on. Who plays the janitor in the scene that's explaining to the principal what's going on? Uh, yeah. Cuz he's played it like like fucking Sanford and Son. Like it His is His name is Lee Weaver. Lee Weaver. <laughs> His character's name is Leroy. <laughs> And he was, uh, he did a lot with Bill Cosby back in the day, and um, he was in 40 Year Old Virgin and No Brother Where Art Thou. So, oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, he looks familiar. Yeah. yeah. He's been in a ton of stuff. I mean, I'm, lo- I'm going back now into the old days. And, okay. Yeah, he was in The Cosby Show and Webster. Um, he did a voice in the original G.I. Joe cartoon. Oh, from geez. the '80s, he was Alpine in Crimson Guard. Oh no! Yeah, so he he did the voice of Alpine. He was in Hill Street Blues for a long time too. Okay, he this for this for me might have been like the weirdest delivery in the movie. <laughs> it's just like so. Yeah, yeah, it was car. It was like very caricaturesque. Yeah. you know. He was also in Community. No, he was. And in Party Down. Which are both shows I watched. Yeah, and he was in My Name is Earl. He was a homeless guy. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. Oh, and he was the owner of the junkyard and Always Sunny when they got the junkyard cat. That's where I recognized him from. Oh, shit. <laughs> when they get the police car, he was the guy that's like, I ain't got no junkyard dog. I got a cat. He was born in a puddle of gasoline. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, the scene, the scene where he's telling the principal what's going on at the school, it felt like the scene in Back to the Future were like, it's your cousin, Marvin Barry. It's like, yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I know him for more shit than I know fucking <laughs> Kenny Farmer. <laughs> so, uh, we, the, the news travels fast that the school's flooded. Um, there's feces everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, oh, baby mice. <laughs> Um, and we do get I know, that. what are feces? <laughs> Baby mice. Baby mice. <laughs> That's the best. I love that line. And we get that reveal again with the, the axe just buried in the head of this bulldog and the spray paint saying they made me do it. Um, which, again, I'm totally now back on track with. I don't dislike it at all because I realized that I made a mistake and all of this is necessary. Even if it doesn't feel necessary. Um, now this was all instrumental in and again this is a common theme in this movie in connecting Donnie with Gretchen because Donnie's now walking home and who does he encounter but Gretchen and the two school bullies one of which is played by Seth Rogen in his first film role and ladies and gentlemen speaking his first line Ever. I like your boobs. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Seth Rogen. Wow. How many t- I, mean, I like your boobs. Yeah. Oh, God, that's going to be a JSM just regular clip. Yep. I can smell it already. It actually, when, uh, you guys might have seen me mute my mic. I was pulling this up for you because <laughs> it makes me so fucking happy. Excuse me, um, sir, uh, where am I finding your junkyard dogs? My what? You want to buy a junkyard dog? You yeah, want like the most vicious one really yet? Really nasty dog. Really yeah. nasty dog. We don't have no dogs. What? Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> is this not a junkyard? Yeah, you don't have a dog. <laughs> Got a cat right here somewhere. Cat? We don't, we don't want a cat. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, believe me, that's a tough cat. It was born in a pool of gasoline on a piece of rusty scrap metal. I've seen that cat jump through barbed wire into a vat of hot tar. That cat <laughs> is indestructible. We don't want That's no cat. cat. We want a dog. Well, we now, wait a second. Dog. I wouldn't mind taking a look at that cat. Oh, come on, dude. 
<laughs> that's what I recognized him from. It's always sunny, of course. That's great. And then uh, they, they end up buying this old decommissioned cop car and getting free hot dogs from the hot dog vendor. Like, basically hustling him for him because he's supposed to give them to cops for free. And then Charlie takes the cat. And then the cat ends up saving the day at the end of the episode. <laughs> Fucking great episode of Always Sunny. Great show, man. Fantastic show. Uh, I'm so happy that was him. <laughs> <laughs> like this movie even more now. All right, so full steam ahead. Um, like I said, Gretchen's being accosted by these bullies, uh, you know, and, and not subtly at all. Like, I like no, your no, moves. It's like it's terrible. This, is, this is awful. This is arrest level shit. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty bad. So she sees Donnie and, and basically, you know, is crying out for help. Like, hey, can you walk me home? Like, get me out of this situation. And so, you know, they, they get to have a conversation, really, for the first time. And they... You know he's he's opening up to her in a big bad way. Like he's a weird kid. She says so much, but she she says she means it as a compliment. And Donnie says something really important at the end of the scene, which is like, "I'm really glad that the school is flooded today." And she goes, "Why?" He says, "Well, because you know we would have never had this conversation." And that's ultimately the reason why the flood happened, um, which we will find out. Um, so yeah, th- this. This whole idea that, like, you know, call it what you will, butterfly effect or, or predetermination, um, you know, every action having a consequence that's incredibly profound and important to this story, it's just, it's huge. It looms over the whole thing. It's, um, the, it's the manipulated dead leading him along. Because Frank's the one who makes him do it. That's true. And Frank... Ah, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> you try to have some more dessert, man. I'm trying to, but I'm, I'm going to hold off. <laughs> you can't have more pudding if you don't eat your pie. If you don't eat your meat. 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 Ah, fuck. I was keep thinking meat pie. <laughs> you can't have more pudding if you don't eat your pie. It's two desserts, Joe. Well, mm. not in England. Pies are fucking made out of meat in England for some reason. Oh, uh, it's a mince, mince pie. Mince meat mince pies meat and pie. shit. Yeah. That's true. Pot pie, no shepherd's I-N-T. pie, cottage pie. Yes. <laughs> it's all fucking food in England. There's no there's no I in team. Yep. But there's an I in meat pie. <laughs> <laughs> cream pie lasagna. <laughs> oh, God. Not the cream pie lasagna. Joe, hit the clip for me. Uh, walking Gretchen home just to give you a taste of this, this great dynamic that these two characters have. Donnie Darko. What the hell kind of name is that? It's like some sort of superhero or something. What makes you think I'm not? Look, I should go. For physics, Monsonoff is having me write this essay. Greatest invention ever to benefit mankind. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's Monotov, but that's easy. Antiseptics. Like the whole sanitation thing, Joseph Lister, 1895. Before antiseptics, there was no sanitation, especially in medicine. You mean soap? Well, I'm really glad school was flooded today. Why is that? Because you and I never had this conversation. Now, in that scene, interestingly enough, when he corrects her by saying Monotov, it wasn't in the script. She just could not get that name right. <laughs> I did see that. Yeah. So, uh, what, to you guys, what's the greatest invention in mankind? Uh, I always just stole the soap line because I liked this movie so much as a kid. I, I didn't have my own original thought on it. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me sell you on something here. The auto blow, like when this might, <laughs> yeah. act, this might actually really be like to you, especially at this moment. It may even ring more true than ever. Air conditioning. Oh God! No, see, I was I was just gonna say the flashlight, but that's okay. no, no. Air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. You ever Air get yours fixed? Yeah. Uh, I that should have been my what's new. I uh, I blew up my fucking air conditioner with a lawnmower, yes. and uh, it I looked like a that. like a space shuttle launch was happening in my fucking <laughs> side current. It, it's not like it's the middle of summer in Florida either. 
No. It scared the absolute <laughs> fuck out of me. Oh, I don't doubt it. Did and, you have headphones uh, on while you were doing it? <clears throat> yeah, head, the whole shit, dude. I'm, I, headphones, sun hat, like full nerd <laughs> dad, you know, begrudgingly mowing the lawn. Was it the Tommy Danson hat? Yes, yes. God, the straw hat. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I, I hit that thing. There's so much, like, overgrown Pressure. grass and stuff, and those lines, you couldn't even see them. You know, they really should run those underground. It's kind of fucking stupid that they come up, like, just outside of this lab. Yeah, it's a, it wasn't it's great. It's a terrible design flaw. So we, we went about four days without AC. Uh, ended up staying at my mother-in-law's place, and, you know, t- but, yeah, that was, uh, AC is a good answer. I, especially mm-hmm. now, very much appreciate it. See, I have my ACs in the window, so I don't have to worry about running them over. I miss that, man. <laughs> When I well, looked I mean, up north, you know, when I you, had to... Yeah, when you have two and a half months of summer, why invest in a central air? <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, yeah. No when you live it. in Florida, there's no reason Oh, no, of to. course. I, 100%. When we move out to the southwest, I mean, it's it's obviously a given. So That's why it. the dude who invented air conditioning was from Florida, William Carrier. Yeah, there you go. Lived down here for a fucking month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He said, I got to do something about this. Um, yeah. Uh. So oh, real, real sorry cool to though. Distract you there from the with movie. that with with that clip um, when when she makes fun of his name being a superhero name. It, a lot of the names in, in this movie are like superheroy names. Yeah, like there's a character. There's Joni James and even Charita Chen. You know, yeah. Sean Smith, Seth Seth Devlin, Kitty Farmer. It's all like it's got that comic booky superhero vibe thing going you know a lot of good because alliteration they they are they're not superheroes so to speak but they're integral to the you know driving the yeah. this plot they're like so, chess pieces exactly so it's it's cool the way he did that yeah yeah oh shit i know the cosplay i want to do i want to be donnie darko wing duck <laughs> that's fantastic i love that wow oh, yeah great. that that purple like, suit on a rabbit <laughs> That'd yeah, be fantastic. Good. Yeah, that double alliteration is such a Stan Lee thing, you know, like yes, exactly. Peter Parker and you know, right. Reed yeah. Richards. Speaking, speaking of which, I'm kind of depressed because he was, you know, the first Marvel movie that he wasn't cameoed in came out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's, I know. that's done. That's done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sad. So it occurs to me that we're in part two of this episode and we're, we're still only 36 minutes into this movie. So I am going to, uh, speed through some things. So we get Donnie back in therapy where he almost masturbates, uh, oh God, that to was Christina. So what the fuck's going yeah. on? <laughs> did we she get... have him like under like hypnosis or something? Yeah. Yes. She, she's trying she hypnosis. Did. And, uh, you know, when he goes under, he, he, it's this again, like this childlike state that he's in. Um, yeah. yeah, dude. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Like, oh, yeah. and that be was cool, supposed bro. that was supposed to originally be for Alyssa Milano, but there was some legal <laughs> stuff that happened, and they had to switch it to Christine Applegate. Oh wow! Yeah, I just thought I thought it was kind of meta that he's putting his hands in his pants like Al Bundy and Christina Applegate. <laughs> oh, I didn't even make that connection. That's true. Damn. Yeah, you're on it with the uh, okay. Uh, so yeah. Talking? We, we get that. We get uh, back at school. You know, there's an investigation underway. Um, you know, handwriting matches because of the graffiti. So everyone's made to write. They made me do it on the board. And Now, I have a, a problem with this. They spray painted it on the ground. When you spray paint, you're not holding a utensil writing. It's not going to look the same. This is true. This is true. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but his is, it raises some questions because it does look kind of similar, maybe. So, you know, the principal puts a little question mark next to Donnie's name. Um, Donnie pops into the bathroom where he gets accosted by one of the bullies that was trying to get with Gretchen. Holds a knife to his throat. Yeah, that's fucking brutal. Yeah, again, like way over the top. This, yeah. is, like, this is like Cobra Kai, you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the arrest-worthy fight scenes and shit. This is like I, crazy stuff. I haven't seen someone accosted in the bathroom like that since Tim Allen at the Galaxy Con Fest, Galaxy <laughs> Quest Con. Uh, we need your help. I was, I was thinking more of the ones like, you see that loser out there? He thinks they really like him. Oh, yeah, that was sad. I felt for him in that scene. Anyway, I digress. 
Um, Donnie's with his buddies, you know, the two nerds from the bus stop. They're shooting BBs at, at beer bottles. And we get this quick exchange, which is completely unrelated to this movie in any yeah. way, but it's such a highlight scene. Because this is what you would do. Like, this is a conversation I would have with my friends. Yeah. And call it just surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Beer and pussy. That's all I need. <coughs> so we gotta find ourselves a Smurfette. Smurfette. Mm-hmm. Not some, like, tight-ass middle-sex chick, you know? Like this cute little blonde that'll get down and dirty with the guys. Like Smurfette does. Smurfette doesn't fuck. That's bullshit. Smurfette fucks all the other Smurfs. Why do you think Papa Smurf made her? Because all the other Smurfs were getting too horny. No, 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 not Vanity. I heard he was a homosexual. Okay, well, you know what? Then she fucks them while Vanity watches, okay? Well, what about Papa Smurf? I mean, he must get into the action. Yeah, what he does, he films the gangbang. Later on, he beats off to the tape. First of all, Papa Smurf didn't create Smurfette. Gargamel did. She was sent in as Gargamel's evil spy with the intention of destroying the Smurf village. But the overwhelming goodness of the Smurf way of life transformed her. And as for the whole gangbang scenario, <laughs> I, it just couldn't happen. Smurfs are asexual. They, they don't even have reproductive organs under those little white pants. This was so illogical, you know, about being a Smurf. You know, what's the point of living if you don't have a dick? Damn it, Donnie. Why, why do you gotta get so smart on us? Grandma death. So, Eric. Yes, sir. I'd like to commission some artwork. Here we go. <laughs> can uh, can you uh, make the Smurfs having a gangbang of Smurfette with Vanity jerking off and Papa Smurf filming? <sighs> I could, yep, the C&D's coming already. I think they already started writing it, actually. In fact, I think they're skipping the C&D and going to write to sue your ass, Eric, if you do that, just so you know. I, uh, Doug, I got to disagree. I think there's a lot of content like that already on the internet. Oh, and I yeah, uh, you got a good point. You I really got a feel good like point. that should be the poster for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. I uh, I will consider uh, it. Um, that is that is such a perfectly crafted conversation that has definitely taken place in real life between high school kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, that, that's, that's almost the most flawless. That writing is almost movie. flawless to me. It's beautiful. It's literally okay. the most realistic part of this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. absolutely flawless writing. I I loved every second of that. And his passion too. I mean, Don, oh, yeah. Donnie is is, you know, just so incensed that they would suggest such a thing. He's like, no, you yes. don't understand. When he when he says that, uh, first of all. Like, Smurfette wasn't even created by Papa Smurf. It was no, created right? by Gargamel. Gargamel, she was a spy. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, yep. And even, like I said, it has nothing to do with the movie. It gives it so much flavor, and it's punctuated by Grandma Death almost getting hit by another car. So they are yeah. establishing uh, an important pattern in this movie. Well, um, they also they also establish another one of, of Donnie's superpowers, is it? He he is an absolutely crack shot. He's a crack shot, yeah. He didn't which miss comes a single up later, bottle. right? Which comes up later in the movie. So yeah. you know, yeah, there was a lot of establishing facts in that, and 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 besides that dialogue being just gold. Yeah, it's great. All right, so uh, like I said, I'm going to continue to try to zoom ahead here. Uh, we get our emergency PTA meeting um, because this uh, bitch. <laughs> this bitch. Yeah. Let me tell you about this bitch. Um, you know, Kitty is up in arms, man. She's uh, she's like one of the original Karens in this oh, film, yeah. and uh, because she's not only an educator but a parent of a child at this school, and she's and a concerned. cult member, <laughs> and a and a cult member, sure. Um, yeah, she's she's concerned because. Uh, you know, this short story that they're being taught in this English class is, uh, in her opinion, it's perverse and it's inspired this vandalism because in oh, the story, the there's some vandalism. So, um, the irony <laughs> yeah. of this being perverse. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Donnie's at home having another episode, another Frank episode, with the mirror. Now, remember in those PSA videos, the woman mentioned, I, I looked in the mirror, but past the mirror. I looked into the yeah. mirror. He's literally doing that um, in this scene with Frank. And there's some cool um, imagery, too. Like, he, he's got uh, a knife. I think this is the scene. Where he's got the knife and he's uh, stabbing, stabbing it, the mirror, stabbing the mirror in the eye. Um, that's also important later. Donnie's back at school the next day. Uh, it's poetry day. He reads a creepy poem about Frank, and when asked who's Frank, doesn't even try to hide it. Yeah. Yes. It's like he's a giant rabbit. Um. His his deadpan delivery, like he's he's fully in this thing, and you can tell like his mood changes. He's uh, he's just cynical of everything that's happening at the school. Feels unimportant. Uh, Kitty's teaching her fear and love, and you know he's called up to the chalkboard to place an X on where on the fear love line. Uh, if he. I think the example was like you find a wallet and you return it, but you keep the money. Um, yeah, it was Lingling. Lingling, that's right, Lingling. Ling. <laughs> yeah. Um, he thinks this is bullshit, and and I mean he's not wrong. He's not no, wrong. He's not at all wrong. <laughs> I mean, th- this is supposed to be physical physical education. That's true. None of these kids are dressed out for PE, by the way, ever. Nope. They're, they're nope. always in the Oxford and the slack. Um, he calls her out on her bullshit in a in a very mature way. I thought, you know, he's like, "There's more to life than fear and love." Like, the, you're you're overlooking the complexity of, of just human emotion, and she won't have it. So he opens his mouth to say something, and we cut to the principal's office, and we get this little bit of dialogue. Maybe my favorite line in the movie. Donald. Let me preface this by saying that your Iowa test scores are intimidating. So, let's go over this again. What exactly did you say to Ms. Farmer? I'll tell you what he said. He asked me to forcibly insert the lifeline exercise cart into my anus. I had the turn of the dad laughing That's what I really, I just gained all my respect for the dad character. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what I would do. Like, if they're <laughs> fucking bitch, I was just thinking shit about my kid, and this bitch says that, I'm just laughing. I'm like, good job. Yeah, he's so proud. Yeah. Oh, my God. That delivery is just unbelievable. Oh, like- it's so good. Like the cadence of it, it's it's. He like told music. me to forcibly insert this card in my rectum. <laughs> it took my anus. Anus. Oh, so uh. good. So at this point in the film, um, we got twenty days left till the end of the world. About uh, Donnie goes to his science teacher because he wants to learn more about time travel. He wants to learn more about all this weird, freaky shit that's going on with Frank, and uh, he's he's referencing um a brief history of time by stephen Hawking. this was a book that i was given in high school by my tv production teacher because he said and i quote this is a bunch of bullshit (laughs) yeah that's great now if you ever want to be completely just entertained for just under an hour look up the album by mc hawking a brief history of rhyme (laughs) it is fantastic I'm going I'm going to do that. It is nerdcore rap by a guy who does everything in the Stephen Hawking voice. No, and no. I'm 100%. Not, I'm not doing it now. He played no. me some on JSM. It, it's, it's great. It's entertaining for about a half of one song and then it gets really <laughs> annoying. When you when you listen to the words though, the words actually are great. I understand, but that voice for more than one song is just grating. It's entropy. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll check it out. I'll give it a song. Um, as Doug mentioned early in the episode, um, you know, 
we have a character here who's sort of figuring things out on the outside of things. She's overhearing this conversation about time travel between Donnie and his science teacher um, under one earmuffed ear. And, uh, you know, she will shut up no longer, man. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But she's, yeah. you know, she's piecing some things together, even if she doesn't really know what yet. Um, but the the biggest chunk of knowledge that comes out of this conversation is Donnie finds out that there's a book called The Philosophy of Time Travel that was written by this woman, Roberta Sparrow, and Roberta Sparrow is Grandma Death. And he gets this kind of brief backstory, like, yeah, she used to be a nun, but all of a sudden one day she completely changed and she got into science and she wrote this crazy-ass book, and don't tell anybody I gave it to you. Um, this is where the movie diverts a lot from the original cut and it starts to intersplice pages of this book to explain what's happening in the movie so we kind of joked around and said like this is donnie darko for dummies because where it's like the you know the original cut everything that happens in this happened but they didn't go out of their way to explain it to you you just kind of had to draw your own conclusions about it um this very much tells you, like, hey, in this scene, you know, he's got this ability or this power or, right. you know. Um, so it is useful in understanding, like, the mythology that, that Richard Kelly laid out for this thing. Because it is very much like his own Bible of events. And yeah. it's as good a place as any, I think, to talk about it. Um, you know, the, the sort of mythology of this movie everything is tied into this book yeah um so you have the primary universe which is the universe we exist in now we have the tangent universe which is a parallel universe that most of this film is actually set in and that tangent universe is basically a glitch it's uh it's created when something gets corrupted in the fourth dimension. See, this is all getting very wordy. Yeah, guys. it gets really but, weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's this tangent universe is highly unstable, and it's only meant to last a few weeks before it collapses in upon itself. Um, the danger is that when it collapses, it could cause a black hole, and that will destroy existence as we know it, which includes yeah. the primary universe. So in this movie, this countdown to the end of time, this is what they're referring to. Um, and the the jet engine is the event right. that creates this tangent universe and the potential destruction of everything. Well, the jet engine is not the event. The jet engine is the artifact. The artifact. or But it, it's the artifact that, that transfers from the tangent universe to the primary universe and starts... Well, it's only ends it ends the tangent universe, but not starts it because yeah, we're already in the tangent universe before the airplane engine comes no, down. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. We are absolutely not. Yeah? No, mm. we're not. Yeah, because if, if we weren't, then how would Frank have woke Donnie up bef bef like before the the engine hit? Yeah, but the catalyst is the catalyst is still the engine coming out with Donnie not being there. I mean, everything was meant... It was meant to happen as it does at the end of the movie, not to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. And it well, didn't happen that way, so that event starts. Donnie it. sends Frank back to get him out before the engine hits. Yeah, but well, the here, engine still. But the engine because the, the engine still the it comes is, from the tangent universe, though. I'm so well. No, happy. the engine I, the engine comes from the pri primary universe into the tangent universe and makes the tangent universe unstable. This is the moment that I was waiting for in this whole. <laughs> yeah. Episode. No, but the tangent universe doesn't exist until the event. Well, no, it's it only exists. the prime. No, it doesn't. It's yeah, not no, like no. the parallel universe. It, it exists, universes. but it it it's um, unstable because of the jet engine that's not supposed to be there. All right, this is from uh, this is from as as an authoritative as source as I could find for, <laughs> on the artifact. Where the artifact originally comes from is never disclosed. It was most likely created as the tangent universe was being formed. Tangent universe is an exact copy of the primary universe with one of everything copied into it. During the copying process, there was a glitch, and two jet engines were formed. The second engine has nowhere to go, 
as it already exists, so it's just dumped where the Tangent Universe began, which is over Donnie's house. That okay. artifact makes the Tangent Universe unstable because it can't handle having the anomaly of a duplicate object within it. All so, right. so that makes sense to me then. Yeah. Yeah, um, but the the crazy part is that Donnie makes the jet engine fall off in the first place. Well, well that's we'll the get there. Whole we'll time get there. travel. Thing. Yeah, yeah. That's why this is like, but if you never made the jet engine fall off, it wouldn't have existed in the tangent universe because it wouldn't have existed in the primary. This is like the fucking craziest <laughs> of this fucking movie. All right, so they they like I said, they go out of their way to give you some of this info, which you never had before. You know, when this movie came out, it's explained the tangent universe that it will yeah. collapse upon itself, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You didn't realize uh, this was a science fiction movie. <laughs> when you yeah, started yeah, it. Exactly. Um. So as we as we move along story wise, we get more Donnie in therapy, and these therapy sessions they get like more and more hopeless for Donnie. Like the, especially this last one is very again more scenes that were not in the original movie. Um, there's a huge underlying theme in this cut about Donnie's atheism and search for God or search for um, a higher power. That that wasn't necessarily where the original cut went with it. So it's interesting that, you know, they incorporated that here. Um, And since you're on the the same page I am, because you read it word for word for what I'm looking at, (laughs) if you go right before the artifact, it says, it's important to remember that the Tangent Universe is not created by the jet engine or Frank waking up Donnie. We are already within the universe when both those events occur. Unfortunately, we never find out what caused the universe to begin. It's just an unexplained phenomenon. Yeah. Right, but it's not something that exists in tandem with the primary universe all the time. Yeah, it just pops into existence. It pops into existence, existence, but but it wasn't caused by the jet engine. No, you're right. I was was off with that. But yes, yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's I, not like it's not like it's a multiverse like we're talking the MCU yeah. where it exists parallel. It's created in that instant and something goes wrong. Yeah, and, some kind of glitch caused it okay. to yeah. come yeah, into existence. Yes. You know, but, w- we could say that this second jet engine is a variant jet engine. Yeah, hmm. kind of. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know. Well, they, they could all be variants like he's a variant Frank. Variant Frank, variant. Yeah, lots of variants. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Um, it really manipulated, does. though, not variants. That's true. There was yeah. some terminology change around there. Um, it's, so, it's it's fucking crazy. Like, see, because watching this entire movie, you don't realize any of this till like the last fucking minute, five minutes <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, and then you have to like watch the whole thing over again to like figure out what the fuck just happened. All right. Well, this movie also has something to say about predetermination, because in the next big important scene. Yeah. Donnie is able to see invisible tethers which come out of people's chests and lead them to everything that they're uh, predestined to do, whether it's right, get right. a beer or skip around the living room. And in his case, his tether comes out and leads him to a gun that's in his parents' closet. Um, very dark. And yeah, when I darko, saw this movie for say. a little darko. Um, I remember thinking when I saw this movie for the first time, like, oh, God, he's going to blow his brains out. And maybe none of this is really happening, and he's just, you know, uh, a mentally ill kid, and this is a super, super dark. Yeah. Oh. Like, are we watching kids? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say Bob Clark, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Luckily, they, they went in a different direction with it. Um, but that seemed like the obvious choice, and it was a little darko. <laughs> this is only the third time I made that joke in 30 seconds. Well, um, Bob Clarko? <laughs> oh, Bob Clarko, Donnie Darko. Oh, yeah, but no, Bob Clark is Porky's Don Clark was kids, I think. Oh, anyway. oh yeah, sorry. I think you're right. I think so. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. We haven't gotten to the scene yet where Donnie sticks his dick through a hole and, you know, gets tucked <laughs> down by a gym teacher. Casper, the friendly fucking ghost. <laughs> um, so like i said trying to for time's sake rocket through the next couple of scenes here um donnie makes a creepy pumpkin it's it's frank's head um this is the point at which 
the parents get involved with the therapist because they're concerned and the therapist is is giving them some you know real startling news about their son you know his has he told you about frank the imaginary bunny you know he, these are telltale signs of uh psychosis schizophrenia yeah, schizophrenia yeah and this is the the point at which he's stabbing the mirror i think i i called that yeah. a little too early yes that is um and we get some more like new images of eyeballs and water and you know uh, frank's always kind of around water and they explain that you know part of Donnie's abilities have to do with water and fire they're elemental um they well, he's never... really trying to just get captain planet to come out and save the day that's true <laughs> that's are we true. talking about animated captain planet or don Cheadle captain planet oh, oh don Cheadle. <laughs> the don Cheadle one. that might be the most classic frigging short of all time those shorts are amazing anyway go ahead <laughs> uh they really are so back back at school, Jim Cunningham is given a presentation on his attitudinal beliefs, and uh, long story short, Donnie just calls him out on his bullshit the way that he's apt to do in this film. Um, and I think at that point, yeah, okay, it, it's a cool little scene where all these all these kids are asking for advice, and they all get called up on stage. And Donnie gives them better advice. He's like, hey, you're getting picked on. Take karate. Kick him in the balls. You know, very practical, like, pragmatic yes. advice. I really wish they would have gave Seth Rogen another line here. I like boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been, been nice. Wait, what was yeah. Almost Famous? When that movie, what year was that again? 2001, same year, I think. So we know where Jay Baruchel was when Seth Rogen was doing this. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> usually they do everything together. Yeah. All right, so uh, Donnie's got the book. It, the book is describing the things that are happening to him, okay? So it's a huge moment for his character. He wants answers. He wants to find Roberta Sparrow. So he goes to her house with Gretchen. She's not there. And a voice, the voice of Frank tells him, you know, write her a letter. Which, of course, <laughs> he would write her a letter because she's always checking her fucking mailbox. It makes perfect sense. Um, so he's he's armed with that information and he's looking in her mailbox and notices she, this is <laughs> all right. Getting ahead of myself. They notice that she is home and she's like on her roof or something <laughs> like watching over them. Yeah, but he's still rather than like, hey, I don't want to right. talk to he's you. Just, yeah, just just I mean, he did hear a voice, so you know that's pretty powerful stuff. But um, we get more information about the Tangent Universe, which is uh, you know the artifacts providing the first sign that a Tangent Universe has occurred. If an artifact occurs, the living will retrieve it with great interest and curiosity. We also find out they're always made of metal, such as an arrowhead from an ancient Mayan civilization or a metal sword from medieval Europe. In this case, is a jet engine. So it doesn't really matter what it is. It just has to be made of metal. These, these are the rules established by this book. Um, Donnie's after more answers from his science teacher, but he cuts the conversation short because it gets to a point where... Um, he fears he could lose his job for having, you know, these deep, like, theological conversations. Um, let's see. We can kind of gloss over some of the next scenes. Uh, more school, more therapy. A presentation that's given uh, by him and, and Gretchen their invention is for uh, goggles to put nice images in babies' eyeballs while they're sleeping. Um, also very fucked up and, you know, more bullying. They make fun of Gretchen because her yeah, father <laughs> tried to yeah. murder her mother and that's why they're... That's really why they're in this town and they're living under assumed names. That's Seth Rogen's second line in the movie. Yeah. And it's also fucked up because if you make the connections that, like, everyone around Donnie is being guided by this 
this universal force to fix this thing. Um, and, you know, as Joe mentioned, they're literally uh, named um, the manipulated living. So everyone's actions, like we talked about, lead Donnie down this particular path, hence the predetermination. So that also means that Gretchen's dad was probably being instructed to try to kill his mother so that they would then run away to this town and Gretchen would meet Donnie. So, uh, you know, it's just a ruthless, <laughs> fucked up thing, this uh, manipulated living situation. Yeah. But it's all for the greater good. It is. The greater good. It is all for the greater good. It's to the save existence. Good. That's true. Um, the kids go to see Evil Dead, which is... Uh, Not as good as the Ash versus version. Yeah, not as good as Evil Dead 2, I will say that. No, it, it, but, you know, it started it all. I, I know. I, I, I have was a just big respect for Evil Dead because it started it all. But, uh, yeah, it's... Yep. Gretchen falls asleep almost immediately, um, which shame on her because it's a, it's a decent flick. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And Frank shows up, and in this conversation, Donnie asks him, why are you wearing this stupid bunny suit? And Frank asked him, why are you wearing that stupid human suit? I know. Yeah. That's so great. Did you do the popcorn trick? <laughs> <laughs> when she wakes up, encourage her to take a handful of popcorn. <laughs> but what she doesn't know is that you've cut a hole in the bottom of the popcorn bag. Your dick is in there. <laughs> it's my dick in the pops. <laughs> So, so Frank Frank takes off the bunny head, and you see the real Frank for the first time, and it's just a guy with a an eye that's like missing and bleeding. It's yeah. you know, um, so that's your first look at Frank. You know, it doesn't mean anything to you at this point. It's just oh, he's a he's a human. Okay, um, very creepy. He is instructing Donnie to burn down Jim Cunningham's house. Um, while this is going on, the school talent show is in full swing, and Sharita's uh, Char- doing a like a swan dance. Yeah, Autumn Swan. Autumn Swan. Very, very beautiful. Kind of moving and sad. Yep. Now, I remember well. in the original cut, the kids were like yelling at her and making fun of her from the audience. And when, yeah. it, when it ended, like nobody really applauded in this one, it's totally different. Like everybody's just clapping, and it's and it's normal. Yeah, it was a little awkward, but yeah, there there wasn't that badgering from the audience. Yeah. yeah. Um. This is all just like a warm up act for Sparkle Motion. Sparkle Motion. Yeah. Is, is, <laughs> it's all it's all about the Sparkle Motion. Yeah, they're the real star of the show. Like, let's be real. Um, we cut back to shots of Donnie walking to the mansion that Jim Cunningham lives in, and sloshing gasoline around and you know setting the thing ablaze then now they never show him actually setting the fire and that's also important because it's apparently one of his superpowers i don't know yes correct you know um sparkle motion fucking kills it yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean to the extent to the extent that they what is it like top of the pops or or something like so yeah some t- no, it was Star, Star Search. Oh, Star Ed Search. McMahon's, Ed, Ed McMahon's Star Search. Okay. Yeah. Right you are, Ken. Exactly. I guess Ed McMahon had like a talent scout. In the- oh, yeah, right. That was the woman that they kept cutting to. Yeah. So they get invited to uh, to start. I mean, they just crushed it, man. Like these kids. Hey, Ed, remember that dance you were looking for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen. I just said it. Exactly. I just had nightmare flashbacks to my time as a dance dad with my daughter on the competition team. Oh, Going okay. back. Oh, God, it's awful. <laughs> Going back to Always Sunny, they did have an episode where they decided to, like, put on a talent show for youth. And, like, um, it was very similar to Sparkle Motion. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, Joe. I don't. I don't doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. So I'm yes. gonna. I'm gonna take a quick ad break here. Um, but when we come back, we are gonna dig into the last bit of this movie. And boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about. 
So if you're uh, listening to Masters of the Cinematic Universe, you obviously love movies. Uh, I do too, because I host this podcast. And um, my pedal company, 37FX, um, definitely has a movie theme. So if you're looking for really cool guitar pedals and the bonus of having some uh, fun movie themes, uh, hit up the website, 37FX.com. That's the word 30, the number 7.com. Uh, you can find things like the Fat Guy Little Coat Fuzz and uh, soon to be released, the Tombstone Treble Boost, both, both based on some fantastic movies. So, uh, you know, hit the website up. We've got some great sound samples on there. And uh, you can also hit me up um, through Facebook or Instagram uh, with any questions you have. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. <laughs>